back, and uh, we are now into hour number three. And i got a lot coming up uh, this hour. We're going to talk with Randy Grimes here in just a little bit. Randy uh, used to be the center for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers years gone by. Also, uh, Rachel Barbeau, who is going to be the host for uh, Cigars with the Stars, coming up here uh, on Thursday night with Mike Ditka and Ron Jaworski and company. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking with her in just a little bit as well. Last night at opening night, being uh, accosted by Randy Grimes right now, uh, last night, opening night, uh, we were there for the Eagles and the Chiefs as they were both introduced. And one of the things that I wanted to do right away was catch up with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And uh, for the couple of minutes before the mob uh, kind of got a hold of him, uh, we had a chance to chat. This was, uh, you, you want to listen, because I, I, I couldn't ask him get into a ton of specifics because of the time that we had. And Mike Clemens actually caught up with him, too, and talked to him a little bit after. But uh, this was my conversation with the man that stepped up as wide receiver after wide receiver started to go down in the AFC Championship game. It was the Marquez Valdez-Scantling show, a guy that uh, couldn't really get it going and churn it out in Green Bay. But now, man, when they introduced him last night to that Kansas City Chiefs fan over at Footprint at the Footprint Center, oh, my goodness, between Patrick Mahomes and him and, and Jones and Kelsey, the roof almost came off that place. Here's my conversation with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You leave Green Bay, you come here, and next thing you know, you're in the Super Bowl, man. So yeah. what has this experience been like for you? Uh, it's been great, man, to, you know, finally get over the hump and, you know, get, get, to, a, get to a Super Bowl. You know, it's been a lifelong dream of mine, and I'm glad I'm able to do it. When you get to an AFC Championship game and the guys around you start to go down, what clicks inside you and says, it's me, i got to step up? Uh, it wasn't really, you know, about it being me. Um, obviously, you never want to see guys go down. You know, and that sucks, especially in that moment. Um, but obviously, you know, we were down to three wide receivers. Um, and I love that, you know, Sky and, and Kemp stepped in there and were able to play, you know. And, you know, it was, it was chaotic at times because uh, they had been in different positions. But we were able to weather the storm, you know. And obviously, you got a guy like Pat back there. Makes it a little bit easier. What's this experience like here tonight, seeing all of this hoopla for you guys? Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot going on, a lot of cameras. Uh, but it's, it's a great experience. I'd rather be here than, than at home. You really kind of luck out in the sense that you go from Green Bay, a passionate fan base, to Kansas City, another crazy passionate fan base. Yeah, and even better that I, you know, went from you know one great quarterback to another great quarterback. You know, so I'm I'm fortunate. You know, I'm living right. Um, you know, obviously I, I love you know my time in Green Bay. Those four years were you know life changing, um, and they've been able to go to another great organization and compete for a championship again. You know, it was another great experience. What similarities do you see when it comes to great quarterbacks in both Patrick and Aaron? Uh, they're, they're two one-of-a-kind talents. Um, they're two of the best guys to, to ever do it. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful to have both those guys as my quarterback for my career. You know, and uh, I got lifelong friends in both of those guys as well. Do you talk to, to like, Patrick and say, hey, you're, you're, you're like the guy I was with, and then you talk to Patrick and he says, no, I'm, I'm different in this particular way? No, not even a conversation. Um, I, I think that, you know, obviously Pat's, you know, a super humble guy. And, you know, he looked up to Aaron for a, a super long time and being able to compete against him and learn from him. You know, I think they have a, a pretty solid relationship as well. Um, but, no, it's never any comparison with those two guys. They're two different complete players, but they're two greats. Talk about Andy Reid. Obviously, you go from a younger uh, coach to a, an older head coach. What has Andy Reid taught you? Uh, man, he's you know one of the best to ever do it. You know, so having a guy like that who's a you know offensive genius as well. Um, you know, I couldn't ask for you know a, a better situation to, to go into free agency with. You've got great quarterback, great teammates, great coach, great organization. You know, I'm, I'm super. Happy to be here, and I learned so much from, from Coach Reed over my you know year being here so far. 
Last question, and that is picture yourself winning. What are you going to do when you win? I don't know. I guess we'll find out on Sunday. <laughs> there you go. That was uh, the conversation with Marquez Valdez-Scaling. He was very quick, uh, and, and you had to kind of be looking into his eyes when it happened, but he was very quick when I asked him about quarterbacks to, to praise Aaron Rodgers. And even after there were some questions that were follow-up from some other uh, entity, so to speak, that talked about his relationship with Aaron. He said, no, it's great. He, he said, I learned a lot, and a lot of the things that he learned under Aaron, uh, he was able to bring, uh, you know, to, to Kansas City. He talked about the improvisational factor, about, you know, Aaron wanting you in particular places at particular times when the play began to break down. And he said it's even more so with, with Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes is so incredibly elusive. Uh, he's able to cr- kind of create with his feet. Uh, he'll throw it to you at almost any angle. He'll underhand it to you. He'll just pop it over to you. He'll shot put it to you, uh, sidearm it to you, you know. So he talked about, you know, the similarities of just great quarterbacks, but was very quick uh, to, to, to jump on the Aaron's a great quarterback. He, there was not one thing in any disparaging way that was going to come out of his mouth. There was not one thing that was going to say, yeah, he's good, but, you know, or I didn't really click with him or uh, I don't feel I was utilized enough. I mean, none of that. Absolutely, positively, none of that. He had nothing but praise for Aaron Rodgers, his time in Green Bay, and everything that uh, that he had gone through there to get to this point. And uh, when I say he celebrated, I, I'm not kidding, man. You could hear the, che- uh, the the cheer in the back, and that's when they had panned the. Uh, if you looked at the jumbotron above us, inside the arena, that's when they had panned over to him, and we were sitting there talking to him. And that's when that that crowd, when you hear that cheer, that's when the crowd let the cheer out. So uh, Mark was about a scaling very much, uh, not only one accepted and loved now by the fans in Kansas City, but now, uh, you know, he's got a blossoming career, uh, getting a lot of money, but a blossoming career in Kansas City. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you run into a lot of athletes and some guys, you know, they're kind of off putting and. Some guys have different personalities and such, but it was amazing because when we walked away from that, myself, Kristen, Mike, uh, there were some other reporters that were standing by that were waiting to interview him as well. Uh, the, the one thing that they, they all said, oh, my God, he is unbelievably polite, unbelievably accommodating, nice. Uh, you know, I, I never try to take anybody's full amount of time uh, for my own. So I try to, you know, make sure that, it, you know, that's why it was only about two and a half, three minutes. I tried to make sure that everybody had a chance to chat with him, but unbelievably accommodating and one of the nicest guys. I, I mean, out of all the people that we've met uh, athletically-wise, uh, last night uh, on the floor at the Footprint Center, you talk about a guy that was unbelievably likable. Uh, that was Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So uh, if there's a guy to root for, I guess, if you're a Packer fan and you're looking for an edge in this game, that might be the direction to go. I mean, obviously, if you listen to this program, you may be rooting for the Eagles for our own Ben Kenny's sake. Uh, although Ben, you seem to feel like you've turned more people into uh, <laughs> you've turned more people into Kansas City Chiefs fans by your fandom for the Eagles than anything, right? Yeah, there's probably some rooting <laughs> against the Eagles people out there. I don't blame them, frankly. I think I would too if I was in their shoes. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go like that. I don't know if I'd go that route. But uh, you know, I, I I thought it was interesting. I now, did you see the the, the video I posted last night uh, of the Eagles being introduced? I mean, I I wanted to make sure I got that moment. Not from the uh, television perspective, but I was standing right there in front of them last night on that giant stage to make sure I got you that video. 
Oh. And got you the picture of Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts being interviewed by uh, by uh, um, Michael Irvin uh, for the NFL Network last night. I wanted to make sure I got you those pictures so you had those in case you needed to frame them and put them up in your room. Well, I appreciate that. No, I, I haven't <laughs> seen them. I need to go check. I've been checked out this week. I'm, uh, you know, okay. go to sleep early, wake up early. It's one of okay. those. Yeah, well, it's it's that kind of a week for you. You know, you got a lot going on, and obviously with uh, with doing the morning show duties, absolutely. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, like I had mentioned, we got some good guests still on the docket yet today. Uh, so hang out. Uh, we've got Rachel Barbeau, who is she's also a wellness coach, but she's all, you know really big in with uh, Ron Jaworski and the gang with Cigars from the Stars. We're going to talk about the event coming up on Thursday night. Randy Grimes, who is uh, with Bally's right now, for those that are watching on the Bud Light live stream, uh, and, and the people from Bally's, which are right next to us. Uh, Randy's over there right now doing the show with Bally Sports, so we'll talk with Randy Grimes coming up here in a little bit. And also he uh, spearheads a, a group called AIR, which is Athletes in Recovery. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of get you his story. But we'll touch base on, obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and now what, because uh, Tom Brady has called it a career. So uh, we'll get into that side of things. So a lot to talk about there. And, and then, obviously, as we go on through the rest of the day, uh, we've got Casey Clark, the SV, uh, the Senior Vice President of Gaming, the Gaming Association, coming into uh, coming into Arizona for this game. Sean Merriman, the former linebacker for the Chargers. Eric Kramer, the former quarterback, former quarterback for the Bears. Nick Lowry, who kicked for both the Patriots and the Chiefs, coming up uh, later today. Uh, a little bit later on, after we get off the air, we're going to go upstairs. We're going to sit down and talk with all the guys from Fox. Uh, with Howie Long and Gronk and Terry Bradshaw and Jimmy Johnson and everybody. We're going to talk with those guys. And uh, Miss America uh, 2022 is coming over. Not the current that is from Wisconsin, but Miss America from 2022 is working the floor today, and she wanted to come over. Uh, I'm not quite sure why, but Miss America, we're going to sit down, so maybe some of that conversation you'll hear uh, later in the week as well. And like I wanted to let you know, uh, coming up tomorrow, uh, we got Mike Golick uh, is going to be here, and Mike, we all know, is uh, with Westwood One and for a long time with Mike and Mike and ESPN doing so many different things now. Rashad Jennings is going to be here. LeGarrette Blunt is going to be here. Uh, we got the Hall of Famer Steve Largent is going to be here. Aaron Taylor going to be joining us. Uh, the super agent Lee Steinberg, Jake Plummer, Kyle Turley, Jim McMahon, they're all going to be swinging by uh, tomorrow. So we got a big day tomorrow on Radio Row here as well, and it really even cranks up after that coming up on Thursday and Friday. Friday right now, it's kind of kind of open, kind of open right now. So we're going to wait and see who – we always leave Friday open because you just never know who you're going to get. And like I said, there's a whole host of people walking around on the floor that we'd like to see swing by. So we try to leave some areas open. So if they do decide to come over, we, uh, we've we got a couple of spots to put them in. So let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Going to come back. Got a lot more to get to. Uh, we are broadcasting live down here. Radio Row in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, at uh, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57, uh, just a little over five a- five days and five hours away from kicking off this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at JNL Tire Service. Don't forget Lyle and the gang. They are ph- philanthropic people. They do a lot. Right off of 94 in the Johnson Creek exit, uh, JNL Tire Service. You can trust them. That's the best part about it. Fantastic people. Also, speaking of automobiles and those things that go fast, our friends at Great Lakes Dragway 2023 season passes right now on sale. Go to Great Lakes Dragway on uh, GreatLakesDragway.com, and those are on sale right now. GreatLakesDragway.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We are live. We are here at the uh, Phoenix Convention Center. Got to say thanks to our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats in Waukesha, Wisconsin. If you're looking for some food for the big game, that is the place to go. Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. Also, Wisconsin's best uh, canvas boat cover provider, whether it's uh, office furniture, you name it. That's our buddy Dwayne at Dwayne's Cover It All up in Wausau. Go to Dwayne's Cover It All.com. That is Dwayne's Cover It All. Dot com. Uh, joining us here at the table, you were just telling me that you did this uh, 10 years ago. You were sitting in my seat as mm-hmm. one of the first females with uh, Sirius XM at the time. Yeah. Rachel was... Barbeau joining us, by the way. I want to make sure I got that out there. Yeah, absolutely. I was the... Um... I was the first female host on Sirius XM on the Collegiate Channels. Okay. So for all my big girls in the world and all right. my little girls in the world and everybody, but I particularly for everybody who's in the sound of your radio show and your program, I always like to say keep dreaming. Right. Uh, because never in my life did I think, uh, having 17 years in sports casting when I did retire, but never did I think that I would be... I would have the opportunity to be the first at Sirius XM on their college channels. Right. Um, when you... Um you know, got into this business, was it on purpose because you just love sports and you were that kind of a fan and that's what you wanted to do? Or was it just an area where all of a sudden the avenue took you that way? I love sports. I had okay. two brothers that played everything from baseball, basketball, archery, tennis, BMX, bike racing. Right. I was at a track, a field, you name it. Went to Auburn and um, I got out, sent out on a baseball assignment and a football assignment. And I said, oh my gosh, like this is it. I want to do this yeah. and I don't ever want to look back. And I did it for 17 years. I never thought I would, reti- re- would retire. But after hosting the first mental health game between Minnesota and Maryland, first national Big Ten mental health game in 2019, I got on a plane the next day and I retired from sports casting to go fully into my movement. I'm changing the narrative. Okay, so when you get into the changing the narrative, yeah, what propelled, what prompted you to do it? When you when you sat there and you say, okay, I'm done with sports casting. This is where I'm going to go. Why? Yeah. So. To back up a little bit, I started I'm Changing the Narrative in 2016. If you remember, from a collegiate standpoint, that summer we were on the heels of Penn State. We were in the thick mm-hmm. of Baylor. Right. We were domestic violence. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love him. I See, love him. don't feel special because he did the exact same thing to me. He did the exact same thing to me. <laughs> I do feel special. I do feel special. <laughs> but it was. <laughs> I, and I've got, I've got beard burn from you now, for God's sakes. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, a, it was a very dark summer in college sports. And so right. I thought instead of just, you know, it's, so I'm doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm taking breaks on serious. I'm crying on the breaks because I'm like, what happened to college sports? This is what I gave my life to. This is something beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's not beautiful right now. And so I got invited to speak at FSU, but I'd created this simple curriculum that was like, who are you away from the football field? What makes your heart beat faster? What were you born for? And my own experience with domestic violence. Well, from 2016 to 2019, it grew to also interpersonal relationships, mental health, purpose beyond athletics. And it got so big in three years. I'm sports casting that I'm also doing these talks. It got so big that I, I, I had I no longer felt called in my soul to do sports casting. I felt called in my soul to do I'm changing the narrative. And now six years later, I'm a seven. We've been 60 plus schools. NFL just called last year to be a player engagement speaker. Customs and Border Patrol, law enforcement, any high schools, junior highs, churches, halfway houses, anywhere they'll go, you know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll have me, I'll go. 
Uh, I do find it interesting. You're kind of the host of the party coming up on Thursday night, too. I am. So you're changing the narrative, and uh, we're, but we're all going to gather and have a few cigars and yeah. a couple of beverages yeah. and hang out with a bunch of Hall of Famers, yeah. which is kind of nice. It's very nice. You know, look, uh, I think every single one of us, we're multi-layered. We're multi-layered people. I was a host for, my, you know, half my life. I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I have a book coming out. I was a sportscaster. So this is all natural to me. This is all normal. Right. This was my world. I, and what I loved about it was I'm a radio girl. I'm a sports talk radio girl. Yes, I did television. Yes, I hosted. But I did what you do mm-hmm. for 17 years of my life. This was my life. And I loved it. I love challenging right. what people might say, like, oh, a woman talking sports for three hours. And the, my best compliment I would get was, you really do know your staff, or I took the long way oh, home no, for I, you. I, I yeah. Let me ask you this, because, <laughs> you know, the, the, there are, and that's when I ask you, because there are pathways people get into sports. Women get into sports. Yeah. Some will be meteorologists yeah. who happen to cover a sports story. Next thing you know, that's what they're doing. Yep. And, you know, I and, and there are women that I listen to. I love Susie Colbert. Yeah. I, I think she's oh, excellent yeah. at what she does. I respect the hell out of her. And then there's others you'll listen to, and you'll be like, is this your calling, or are you just here being a pretty face. And I hate to say it that way, but when you listen to it, you kind of listen to it do it differently because we know yes. who knows what the hell is yes. going on. Yes. So that's and you have to work twice as hard at it. To be you? respected half exactly. as much. Right. Because if you and I are co-hosts and we're doing a show together and I make a factual error or I make an error and I don't know what I'm talking about, there's somebody out there that's driving around that goes already had the misconception, already had the idea that, God, women don't, you know, I don't want to talk to Alyssa to a yeah. woman. You make a mistake. If you make a mistake, they're going to forgive you. And they're going to be like, oh, you know, he's just having a bad day. So, yeah, we do. Every, before every show, um, I was the over-prepared, but before every show, I'd prep for four hours. Mm-hmm. And I was always watching, studying, looking at sports, you know, I mean, all of it to, to be the best at my game. And, you know, I'm very blessed, again, to, to have broken some ceilings for little girls and big girls out there being the first on SiriusXM Collegiate Channels. Um, we all get a chance to do a lot of this and have experiences, and they kind of blow by. Because I get asked all the time when we speak, what's the coolest thing you've ever seen? Yeah. And I can't remember. Yeah. You know, have you, after that many years and you finally said, you know what, I'm going to retire from sports, but I'm still going to kind of be in it doing what I'm doing. Yeah. When you get asked that question, do you go, holy crap, it's all blown by. Yeah. But you had a life-changing moment yeah. that changed your narrative. Yeah. So when you look back and you get asked that question, is it the things that you've covered, the shows that you've done, or the moment you decided to take a different path? Okay, so it's a fantastic question, and I have two answers to it. First of One, all, as an interviewer, that's the best compliment you can get. It and is. you know that. It is. You, and I, I only say that because it. you know what the hell I'm I talking about. I know it. And the other best compliment you can get is when you're interviewing somebody, and they're kind of closed off. They're kind of like not in it for whatever reason. You're female or just they're tired or whatever. And you pull out some random fact about them that you have gone seven pages deep in, in mm-hmm. you know, in, in, uh, in preparing, and you can watch him open up like a flower like what like you know that about me so you're absolutely right and to answer your question two things um it just you didn't even know this but that was just such a great question what you said about our lives kind of passing us by and not remembering the great moments is the essence of my book coming out in june and relentless joy about so look this is like it's a joy starter journal and we we have a little club joystartersclub.com and we talk about writing down your joys writing down your mm-hmm. happy being a joy starter noticing joy spreading joy in the world so that's the first thing you got to write it down because you get past it you get 3 days from it and you forget that monumental experience that you had meeting somebody Anthony Munoz or Randy Grimes secondly um, I, I for me hands down it's people 
hands down. It's not fame. It's not famous people or not famous people. It's not any of the. My greatest joy in life are people. Yesterday, I was leaving Florida, and a woman walked in to the UPS store, and she needed somebody to speak Spanish to her. I'm Hispanic, but I'm not fluent, and nobody could help her. And I walked up to her, and I was able to say, Tu necesitas enviar a Panama. She needed to send something to Panama. And that moment of just being able to help a lady in UPS store, right? And then, So it's people. It's people all day, all day long. That's an amazing story. I, by the way, Google's an amazing thing. I did see the joys of life, and I thought, yeah. okay, when you think about that, how many things in life do you look at and go, that's a joy versus an experience versus yeah. a moment you just want to soak it in? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Write it down. So, yes. Go get you, even if you don't get this, go get a journal. Get something. Because here's the other thing I say to people. If you, we don't write our things down and print our pictures, what are our kids going to have to look at when we pass away? They're going to get a freaking apple phone okay or whatever print your pictures (laughs) and write your life down so that your kids and your grandkids and people can know who you are and that's the very you'd be surprised at how many football coaches call me and say can you come talk to my team about joy right about love about identity about soul care about how for a man to take care of his own soul right no i i completely get it you get immersed in a lot of things that are very structured and when you get outside of your life you don't know what the hell you're doing exactly and i completely 100 percent i get it well i look forward to if if this is just a sample of what we're going to get on thursday night Uh, I can't wait to get a beverage in you and then really have you open up and tell a little bit more about yourself. It'd be really kind of cool that way. Yeah. So we look forward to seeing you. Thanks for stopping by and kind of spreading the joy, so to speak. Yeah, thank you. And if, if uh, anybody wants more information on everything that I do, then go to imchangingthenarrative.org. The and letter. you tag me on Facebook yeah. so or yeah. on uh, Twitter so uh, they can yeah. catch you over there, too, if they want yeah. to follow you. All right? Awesome. Great stuff. Thank okay, you so much. Okay, I look much. forward to seeing you. There you go. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Rachel Barbeau leaving. we got Randy Grimes coming in. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. We are live down here inside the Phoenix Convention Center. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. Good to talk to Rachel. Rachel Barbeau, a uh, longtime sportscaster and now motivational speaker and such, but also uh, the host of Cigars with the Stars with Ron Jaworski. Uh, Mike Ditka, I do believe, is not going to be here. I think Mike is, uh, is uh, I'll find out for sure. I'm not quite 100%, but I know Mike's not making the rounds a- anymore. So as his health and uh, the ability to kind of move around has uh, you know, diminished over the years, but nevertheless, it's always a great time. It's a great party. Uh, it, it's like it's literally cigars with the stars. It's uh, Hall of Famers and current players, former players, such uh, coaches, front office people, all that kind of stuff. So, looking forward to that coming up on Thursday night. As a matter of fact, it takes place the same time as uh, the NFL Honors Celebration goes on as well. This portion of the program, by the way, uh, thanks to our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Love them out on Pewaukee Lake. And if you're looking for a place to go over the big game, they have food, they have wraps, they have pizzas, uh, and it's a terrific atmosphere. So if you're looking for a place to go, stop out to Curly's. Also want to say hi to our friends over there at uh, Calderon Club and uh, in San Giorgio. Pizzas, Italian meals, maybe you're looking for a terrific place to take the sweetheart, a good Italian dinner. Nice romantic corner spot right there, downtown Milwaukee, Old World Third Street. Stop in and say hi to Gino. Say, Gino, I need that. Uh, I need that corner table. 
I need my buddy uh, Alex, uh, the uh, the server down there, who is absolutely fantastic. He'll talk to you in Italian. He'll even sing to you if you have to. Terrific place to go. Or over to uh, San Giorgio, the authentic Napoletana Pizzeria, which is just spectacular. Both of them, Old World 3rd Street, right across the street from the Hyatt. And they pair up some of the specials down there with our friends from Point Brewing and Cider Boys and such. Great stuff. Great, great stuff. Say hi to all of them down there. Uh, we will be getting uh, momentarily... Uh, Randy Grimes is making his way over here, so we're going to talk with him and uh, get into his discussion regarding uh, not only being a former offensive lineman for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a little Tom Brady chat. He uh, also heads up a, a, a you know company, if you will, called AIR, which is Athletes in Recovery. Uh, for athletes after the fact, uh, you know, life after the game and some of the struggles that they go through. So we'll talk with him about that. He is uh, making his way here. Uh, obviously, the big game coming up five days, four hours, 53 minutes and counting before the uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles kick off. We are here in Phoenix, Arizona, Super Bowl 57 and uh, great to get into and uh, always, always love coming out here. How you doing, gentlemen? Good, man. I, I grab that uh, headset, hit the button, and, and let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we'll certainly try. Um, and, uh, by the way, I also wanted to say thanks to uh, Mark. And give a shout-out, too. There was a, a couple of people that said, hey, can you give us a shout-out? And real quick, before I uh, before I forget, uh, I wanted to say hi to Kale. Kale apparently uh, ended up with a hamstring injury. He said, hey, can you give me a how we looking? And, uh, Kale, how you doing? Glad you don't have to have surgery on that, listening to us back in Wisconsin. So, uh, Randy Grimes sitting at the table, longtime friend more so than anything, but uh, former uh, offensive lineman center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, now out here looking for a quarterback for his former team and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're, we're, we got we got a search going on. How you doing, man? Doing good to really see good. you. How are you? I can't complain. I mean, uh, I can, but nobody cares. You got got out of the cold weather for a little while. I did. Uh, left some snow behind, and, uh, and you know, here, you know, the uh, the Arizonians are mm-hmm. saying it's pretty cold out here. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but no, it's no, it's, it's not, not cold at all. <laughs> you know, when you wake up and it's going to be sixty nine degrees all day. I, I'll, I'll live with that every damn day. Well, it's, of the week. it's pretty cold for me. You know, I'm a St. Pete guy. What have you been up to? Same old, same old. Yeah, yeah, I see you on Facebook all the time, floating around, doing and a lot you of speaking. Too. Yeah. You too. You're out there, a lot of speaking engagements. Things. Yeah. So uh, let's still see. trying to get the word out and tearing yeah. down that stigma that goes with uh, addiction, substance abuse. You know, keeps yeah. people from raising their hand and asking for help. So that, that's a never-ending job. You yeah. Know? So that's that's what I do. Talk talk about your career because you and I always tell the story, but for people that you know don't you know necessarily write it down. Uh, you were a guy that uh, played the machismo game, man, and you did it the machismo way in the sense of no pain, no gain. You can't make the club in a tub, so I'm going to do whatever it takes that I don't feel it so I can just get out there. That's exactly my story. I was willing to do whatever it had, to, whatever I had to to stay out there. You know, you don't want to get the reputation of always being on the injury report or always being worked on in the training room or missing practice because you, you, you were never going to get away from a reputation like that in the NFL. So. You know, that's how I justify throwing down handfuls of pain pills every day and working and practicing and playing through all the different injuries I had. And, yeah, I just thought it was part of the game, man. That's what you do in the NFL. I didn't look at it for what it really was. What it really turned into was a full-blown addiction. So at what point or how did you go, I got an issue and I can't? 
get away from well, this. Well, after 20 years of putting a lot of people through a lot of pain and misery and frustration, you know, I finally put my hand up and asked for help. But it, it took a series of events. It took my wife walking out on me because she couldn't watch me kill myself anymore. It took my daughter not letting me come around my first grandkid. It took a, a guy that I played with in Tampa passing away to get my attention and finally put up my hand. Yeah. And when you did? You know, my wife was willing to make one more call for me, and whoever she talked to that day in New York, you know, there was nothing out there for former players back then. Right. But somebody she talked to knew somebody who knew somebody, and that was September 22nd, 2009. And uh, it's been great ever since. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's you've, I mean, I'm sure the temptation is still there, but you've lived the life. I mean, you and I have been to parties where everybody's drinking, and you're fine. Oh, you're yeah, in the corner, yeah, yeah. Kinda, you're happy to be there, do your Just thing, shake glad, hands. And, glad to be there because I, yeah. I know what the alternative is, and I don't right. like it. I don't want to go back there. Yeah, and that's not something that ever lets you go if you right. let it back in. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So how many – because the NFL has made such a change because of the demand by players, former players – but have they done enough? But have they? Have they? Well, I, mean, you I know tell we, me. Yeah, I know we hear about it, but, yeah. you know, I still work with guys that say to some degree that's still going on, off-label prescribing. Uh, you know, it's that warrior mentality. Coaches put pressure on players to get back sooner than they should. Players put the most pressure on themselves to get back sooner than they should. Uh, ownership puts pressure on the medical staff to get somebody back. So that mentality still exists. It's uh, you, you know how it is. You you know, take away the, the addiction side of things. Look at a guy like Tua this year. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew he was concussed. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it. And they let him play again only three, four days later in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a shame. And, and so for and the NFL, they, you know, they obviously. sent such a terrible message. Right. And, and then they they obviously had fired the, the doctor that was on the sideline at the time, and they mm-hmm. moved on to somebody different. Now he's got to Somebody's got to be a scapegoat. Yeah, somebody's right? got to take, take the heat for that. But. It's still there, yeah. you know, isn't it? Uh, you know, you know. It's that mentality. It's win at all costs. That pressure to win is is it exists, you know, especially when you're when you're having a good run, you right? Know? Yeah, I mean, you you went through that. I mean, you guys. When, when did I? <laughs> uh, you you. I mean, but when you start to kind of feel it, you're, you're you know, because in one sense you're a team, but in another sense you're a self contractor, right, right? And you know when you're starting to kind of get it, and that you you know you know what what it means if you get that second contract. Here comes that that amount of money that you're going to need to mm-hmm. set yourself up the rest of your life, or at least for a good portion of it. So you know when you start to hit that run, and then all of a sudden, boom, an injury comes along. Mm-hmm. That will to say I, I can't that can't bring me down. Yeah, you're right because that's why you do it in the first place is for that next big contract or or to be all pro right or to, you know or to feed your family you know those are other ways that you can justify it but yeah it's it's all about the the benjamins what is it like coming out here every year and then we get a chance to see it's kind of like a oh, reunion, great, yeah you know i'm just glad everybody's still here <laughs> right right you know? well i mean a couple of years ago there was nobody and then last year we started to see people trickle mm-hmm, back but yeah it's, it's Tampa, getting Tampa was a ghost town yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah exactly so, and and Next year won't be, yeah. uh, you know, barring knock on wood, any kind of craziness that happens, mm-hmm. Vegas will be crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's the one everybody's gearing up for. We'll, we'll see you there for yeah, sure. definitely, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be on a pole or if I'm going to be doing the show, but uh, we'll be somewhere. <laughs> You'll, be both. You'll be doing both. Hey, I want you to hear this I was going to say, who'd you bring with you? Scott Stevens, my good friend. He's got a great story, and it's so relative now with uh, everything that happened to DeMar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want you to hear this story. 
Yeah, thanks for being. No, nice absolutely. Be I'm glad he brought you over. Time. Yeah, I lost. I had a son that was six foot nine, three hundred pounds, getting ready to go play college football, and he uh, walked by me one Sunday afternoon, said, "Dad, I'm gonna take a nap. I'm tired," and he died of sudden cardiac arrest. Oh my God. Yeah, and I've since know that uh, the American Heart Association says that happens to 7,000 to 23,000 of our kids every year under the age of 18. Number one killer of our student athletes other than accidents. I I had no idea. People think it's rare. It's not rare. And, uh, you know, we're not doing much about it. We've we've done some wonderful things with concussion testing on our sidelines. I started a foundation that does heart screenings, ECGs. We go to any school in the state of Texas and screen kids for $20 and give them an ECG and find out that their heart is healthy or mm-hmm. not. We find about 1% need have an issue they need to know about. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I mean, now when you hear about an athlete that, you know, dies suddenly, it's always, were they or were they not vaccinated? Did they or did they not have COVID? Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes mm-hmm. a political issue almost. Or, or it's a Tyler Skaggs kind of deal. Yeah, right? but we, we just, you know, you, you hear about it more now because of social media, because obviously it can spread like a ripple on a pond, you know, right. and it keeps going. But, you know, in today's day and age, it comes with a stigma of is he or is he not, is she or is she not. But this is something that's been going on for a long time. Well, we lost Cody 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. this uh, And COVID... COVID causes myocarditis. It, it causes the heart to have yeah. changes. And, and certainly the vaccine, there's controversy there, as does it also. But, you know, I th- my personal opinion is COVID's worse on your heart than the vaccine. But that's that's just me. I don't yeah. want to get into a controversy there. But that's what I'm saying. It becomes a political hot potato rather than just the fact that there's a health issue that needs to be covered. Right. And it's so easy. You yeah. Know, with a simple test, a simple $7 test. Yeah, yeah. We, we place a lot of machines in schools, uh, and that and let the school nurse or the class or uh, the athletic trainer can do an EC email them to us. Our doctors read them for seven dollars. If people want more information regarding that, what do they do? CodyStevensFoundation.org. CodyStevensFoundation.org. Right. That's an incredible. And you thing. can uh, you can also Google Cody's Law, Texas. That's a law that took seven years to get passed. But in Texas, any student that gets an athletic physical has the option to opt into an ECG. We're the only state in the union to do it, but I want all 50 of them. Right. I can't believe it took seven years to pass something that saves our kids. Right. That's unbelievable. Just in general. Just, you know, and you would want to know about it. Yeah. You know. Oh, absolutely. You know, we watch our children grow. My question would be, why would you turn it down? Well, there's, there is, it, well, like anything medical, there is controversy. It's not a perfect test. Yeah. Uh, it does cost money, you know, and if, if the grandmother, grandmother in the inner city is raising five kids, maybe she doesn't have $100. Right. Uh, but our foundation steps in, and we can find Lions clubs, boot, Rotary clubs, booster clubs, school districts are paying for it. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not that hard. It's interesting. I, just, it's, I never knew that the, the numbers were like that. So that's that's an amazing thing. Yeah. No, you know you're hooking up with good people, man. You're, uh, you're kind of like just cross promoting. So hey, to speak. we coached uh, little league together. We we go way back. Really? Yeah. Okay, we that's did. awesome. His uh, son Cody. Uh, of course, I coached his son Clay. Me and him did, but his son Cody, the one that passed away. I used to have to go drag him out from underneath the bleachers. He was eating old nachos. Every, every, <laughs> everybody's old nachos they were throwing under the bleachers. He was a fun kid. He I was a great kid. Yeah, man, oh, man. Kid. So that's awesome. Great story and uh, obviously a very, very great cause at CodyStevensFoundation.org. You can see everything there. So where are you, where are you off to next? Uh, Just running up and down the car wash where, here? Wherever I'm told, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, i got to ask you before, uh, before I let you go. So. Ugly year this year. Was it time for Brady to retire? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Because I know there's some thought that he could have come back and made another team great or whatever, and it wasn't the talent uh, around him. Know, and, we, we, we didn't you have saw his, it up close and personal. We didn't have as good a talent around him this year, but I also saw him maybe decline a little bit. Yeah. You know, I don't... Well, 45, I mean, you know, at some point, yeah, Father yeah. Time's going to grab you by the ankles. Right. It's not a negative thing. He should have declined like 15 years ago. Right, exactly. But he's hanging in there, and uh, I think it's time. Yeah, okay. Just getting that. Uh, getting, uh, where's the wife? Uh, she'll be here tomorrow. Okay, I was going to uh, say, because, you know, usually you guys are, you know, bookends, man. <laughs> and speaking of, sell my book, man. Go to yes. uh, offcenterthebook.com. Off center. Order my book. I released it out in L.A. this time last year. Yep. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's sitting on my desk at home. Did you ever read it? I did. Tell me, I did read it. I did read it. I started it on the plane flying back, oh, really? flying back home from LA. Good, yeah, good. So I got about three quarters of the way through it, so to speak. I need you to write a review and leave it on Amazon. I, that's pretty important for Amazon. Okay, All right. I can do that. And then also proathletesinrecovery.org. Okay. okay. Awesome. Find out what all I'm great doing. Great stuff. Hey, I love you, man, and you, you do great things. I love following you on social media, too. We do You actually stuff. get out and have fun, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you <laughs> Even know, like, in Wisconsin. We just had Rachel that was on with us, and she said you got to, you know, write down your joyous moments, and I'm, I just documented them on no, Facebook. No, you, you can't. Know? You can't. <laughs> my joyous you moments. You better not write down. Yeah, no, I, my, my joyous moments end up in police blotters. <laughs> stuff like that. In handcuffs. Yeah. Guys, great to see you. I look forward to seeing you on Thursday night as well. We'll kind of mix, mix and mingle eventually here. Sounds but uh, great stuff. And, and for congratulations me. for a great organization. Unfortunately, it's the way you got from point A to point B. But, man, you're doing great things with it. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We are broadcasting live. We are here, Radio Row, inside the Convention Center, Phoenix, Arizona. The Chiefs and the Eagles getting underway five days from now. They're going to do it over at State Farm Stadium, and it'll be Super Bowl 57. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. And we're looking forward to the big game. And uh, not only is it involving a lot of food and wings and everything else, is the fair that goes along with it, so does uh, betting. And betting goes along with it as well. And uh, now we've got uh, Casey Clark, who is with us. He's the uh, Senior Vice President of uh, American Gaming Association. And I would assume uh, you're you're busy and you're setting lines and you're collecting money and, and people and looking for that windfall and such. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I had no idea you and I grew up in the backyard. You were yeah, from Dayton, Ohio. minutes apart. Yeah, I know, right? Now, did, were, you, were you a Skyline fan up there? Oh, yeah. Okay, just check. Are you a Gold Star guy? Uh, at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually when I went there. If, if Skyline was closed or too busy, we went to Gold Star. So either way, that's what we you did. pick one, though. So let's talk about this because, uh, you know, everybody's betting. Uh, DraftKings has a massive space behind us. Bally's is behind us, and they have betting experts. We have the Action Network that comes on the program. I mean, there's so much to this, and it seems to really, as it's become more and more legalized, it's just enveloped society. Um Let's talk about this first and foremost because obviously you got the game coming up. So, how much money is being? Because I was, some of the numbers that were coming in from overseas versus within right. the United States is incredible. I think you're hitting on the most important part, which is Americans have been betting on sports as long as there have been sports right. to bet on, right? Now we all had the old pools and the pick ten and all that stuff. And, you know, you know the the 
proverbial corner bookie is right. real. Uh, and and then it got much more sophisticated, and, and you got kind of organized crime running significant and, and sophisticated online sports books that look just like, you know, BetMGM or, mm-hmm. or FanDuel or DraftKings. And so what, what's important to, that we've seen over the last four and a half years since the federal prohibition went away is that more Americans than ever have access to the legal market who want to bet on sports. So it's really exciting that those protections are finally available to a lot of people. The uh, Well, we're getting it. As a matter of fact, I think it's a Potawatomi Hotel Casino near us in Milwaukee is becoming a sports book uh, at the end, of the, the end of the year. So it's growing in that sense. I know the NBA wants kiosks in some of the arenas and such if they haven't started that already. So let's talk about the growth of betting in America, and there, there's the positive side of it because it creates a lot of interest. It creates a lot of spect- uh, uh, spectators to watch what's going on and a lot of different things, which then generates revenue, which then generates, obviously, more money for those particular sports to grow as an entity. Then there's the negative sides, obviously, that we all hear about. But talk about it in, in just the broadest sense. Well, look... It- <laughs> Again, we started four and a half years ago with one state that was allowed to offer legal sports betting in the country. And today, 36 states in D.C. have legalized that. And so what that means is more than half of all American adults are going to be able to place a bet on the Super Bowl in their home market this year, which is extraordinary growth for any mark, any any sector, right, across anything uh, in such a short amount of time. And so what we know is that there's a lot of activity happening. A lot of people love to bet on sports. And now giving them visibility in that activity, getting it out of the shadows and giving them access to regulated sports books has really turned out to be a great business. When you talk about, you use the term in the shadows, get it out of the shadows, it comes with a stigma. How hard is it to overcome that stigma? Well, there's a lot of mainstreaming about gaming that's now kind of in, ingrained in not just the sports vernacular, but look, there's casinos in 44 countries across the or 44 states across the mm-hmm. country now. So, this is a really mainstream business that employs millions of people and 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 sends off hundreds of millions of dollars in tax revenue. And so, we're great community partners, we're great employers, and and we're bringing entertainment products and innovative entertainment products to consumers all across the country now. So, I and you know I do it. Uh, I think a lot of people in, in this particular industry do it. Uh, have you seen, like, the average person now starting to, to walk into a casino, walk into a betting, walk into a, a you know, a book, so to speak, and, and starting to do it more? Because it's actually become kind of the, uh, how do I say it? It's like a kind of a fun thing to do that, like I said, it creates a, a um, entertainment value that's added for somebody that might not be normally interested or overwhelmingly interested. Say to a game, the average person that watches a game, they may go, eh, I don't care about these yeah. two teams, but you got a little something on it, it becomes exciting, and it's like almost a community-based thing that's for right. your small little inner, inner circle community. Look, we've known for a long time, or we, we hypothesized before this happened in the Supreme Court decision that, that sports betting increases fan engagement, increases fan avidity, and kind of how you interact with your favorite sports content. And that's proven to be true. You know, our, our research says that over a third of NFL fans think that because legal sports betting is now added to their experience of, of enjoying the content. And so that's true for every product. And so I think what we're seeing is Americans who want to bet on sports or want to engage differently in their content. And that's not, you know, that's not unique to betting. That's, you know, that's, that's a, an evolution of how Americans consume media, right? We're right. all on our phones and watching the game and doing something else at the same time. And so there's a lot of different entertaining options that, that people are, are consuming differently now, but gaming is kind of adding to that experience for everybody. The one thing that I thought, and then I'll let you go. But when you when you get into betting, it, there's also a trickle down effect to whatever state it goes to, and the fact that 
there is revenue to be gained from it. There's tax dollars to be gained from it. There's improvements to be made from it. So it's not, as you said, taking it out of the shadows. There's not that stigma because it actually has a positive impact in, impact in many different ways in communities. Well, there's a couple of things, right? One is we're bringing consumer education so that people understand what betting is and how they can do that responsibly, which is really important. If you're going to engage in this, have a game plan, set budgets, set limits, and know the games that you're playing, but also it's driving real revenue for states and, and funding. Casey, it's, it's great. I hate to cut you a little bit short, no, but they're at the top the of the hour, but man, it's awesome stuff. Good to talk to you, Bill. Thank yeah, you. you too. Go Flyers. Go Flyers. <laughs> Gonna go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up live here, Radio Row. We've got a whole lot more right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.